Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every NARS? Every scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, one of our favorite guests, uh, Mr. John King. You're a, an expert on film and you, you teach film, you talk to people about film, you live film. You have a beautiful film collection behind you. Uh, how, how, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Thank you for saying all that. I, I You say that to all the podcast guests i'm sure but i do i'm like i'm like yeah you teach film and they're like no i don't what are you talking about what are you I'm, I'm, I'm i don't like, know you who are you i'm like shut up that's in the script <laughs> same like i've got they'll just have like a bad picture of my children behind me it's, <laughs> like no you have beautiful movies it's, it's just a painting of my gram gram uh, thank you I, it's i i don't know i during the covid times which are ongoing but people seem to have forgotten yeah i um I was looking around my house for like the path, the path of least resistance where I could put my laptop and actually get a decent background without having to, you know, put up a bookshelf of stuff like all the NPR people. <laughs> and um, I looked at this wall of, of movies up here in my guest room. The guests get to sleep with all this. Nice. Um, and I just, this is where the movies ended up. And so is that shelving unit something you purchased? So by the way, uh, for those of you listening, like John has an amazing shelving unit that's perfect for just it's an entire wall of just and it's located at here's the address. <laughs> did it come with the house or did, is that no. something you purchased? Um, no, it's just it's that's the magic of IKEA, and I believe my I want to say my ex put together the middle bits. Um, I didn't put together very much of it, so mm. but it's the magic of IKEA and their media storage, which. They've moved away from in recent years. You can't get that yeah. much media storage there anymore. You got to keep the media storage. I did. I got the media and the media storage. Good. Uh, these are just like big, tall Billy bookcases, and those are the the Nedbys or Gunnedby, if you will, okay. on the sides. Well, I don't know what that means. It's what? the well, the IKEA has funny names for different furnitures. It's oh. a Swedish thing. Okay. Um, and I went and got. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how many Billy bookcases I have, but between the Billy bookcases and the. Um, you have more? More movies? More, okay, yes. <laughs> yes. And bookshelves? Uh, yes. That's um, awesome. I, yeah, I've got like bookcases throughout the house. There's a there's a bookcase in every room, I think. <laughs> That's cool. Um, 
and That's also I mean. also it's just like a simple like ikea billy sure yeah. they're really nice they're i can't remember how much they are 50 or 60 bucks but it's a it's a good bookcase yeah. and um, good. if you're on a budget it's a great place to go i don't know if you know about this but it's, it's the swedish place called ikea <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, like, right. it's like a walmart with like a with with a restaurant other than subway in it <laughs> <laughs> yes you can uh, and you can dine wonderfully Mm. on their on their on their wares it's it's what uh, i it's it's what i do to a car when somebody betrays me or pisses me off you you ikea you ikea, IKEA car yeah i ikea yeah <laughs> it's a good move um you know speaking of the ikea food that everybody talks about the meatballs but there's like this there's this almond like a very thin almond i don't know if it's a pie or cake don't sleep on that if you go okay. there and there's this almond ish dessert that's good. You know, I, I went there once and I tried the meatballs and I oh, yeah. was like, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I don't know. I didn't think they were, I didn't think it was anything to write home about. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you but, guys, maybe you guys you really... stacked them in a way where you could then hold your movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yes. On a different podcast, there would be just many balls jokes right now. But... <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but right now, this but is a high variety. Yeah. Not this podcast. No, this head cannon. This the yeah this this podcast is ball free since 2013 yeah guys let's turn this into an entirely ball podcast <laughs> just all balls all the time <laughs> the legend of the seven golden balls <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so Brent how are you doing I wanted to talk I haven't had a chance to talk to you since you you for anybody who doesn't know uh, Brent teaches high school for adults right math. Uh, uh, high school math for yeah. adults, and you almost got your fucking ass beat last week. Is that right? Yeah, that, that is right. Okay, I forgot. <laughs> I I completely forgot that I had to tell the story. I haven't had a chance to yeah. talk to you. I'm curious about it. Well, I've decompressed since then. Uh, yeah, like I almost, I was almost beat up. Like honestly, <clears throat> um, so what happened was I, I teach adults. Um, ranging from the ages of like 17 to, I think I've had a student who was 65. Oh, wow. Right. So we've been, we've, we've, we, we teach terms. They're like eight weeks or so. And now is about the, it's about the third weekend. Um, and I get a new student, right. Which, which is okay. And then frustrating at the same time, because then it's like, well, I got to teach all of my stuff to this person. And we offer like tutoring days on Fridays to catch people up. So anyway, I get this brand new student um, and and the, the class is going great. She, um, she's doing fine and, and, and we're, we're, ta- we're talking and, and, and she's getting the material and she's like, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm getting this. So I teach my lesson and then after I, te- after I teach my lesson, I go around to the other, to the different tables and because I teach math and I'm, I'm I'm making sure they don't you know I'm seeing if they have any questions or if I can like help them out with anything. And the new lady, she has a question and I go over to her table and I lean over, I lean over her table, and I'm fine tuning her thinking about the math, and it's going great. And then I feel something behind me, like someone's trying to get my attention. I don't know how exactly to explain it. It felt like someone wanted to get my attention. I, I upright myself and I turn and I face this person who's standing directly in front of me. 
Okay. And this dude is like maybe like five inches taller than me or whatever. Okay. I'm five eleven. I'm five ten, five eleven. So you know he, he's he's a he's a good six feet. Big, big dude. And he big looks dude. fucking pissed as hell. And I'm like, I, I I'm sorry. I don't I don't say anything at first. I I just look at him and he goes. He says. Uh, he kind of he doesn't say it very loud, but he goes, uh, "Get your fucking ass out of my face!" And then he calls me the N word, which was weird because I'd never been called that before. And a part of me was like, "Man, that does feel bad." Right. <laughs> Wait, was <laughs> this was this was this a, a black dude saying this? Oh, definitely. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and and so so like there's a lot of things getting my brain going on because. You know, I have a cartoon brain. I'm trying to like gather like a res- like a, a funny response to um, to resolve the situation to to get rid of tension. That's because I'm a wuss. You know, I've never been in a fight before, let alone like one at work with like a student, which is unheard of. This has never happened in my classroom. Right. You know, and I, I just I don't I just don't know how to how to make the situation be be less tense for a moment and then he goes he goes um you don't even have any fucking shoes on because i i don't teach with shoes i i i have i always wear socks i i mean bring, i bring shoes to work but i i teach in my socks you know because why not <laughs> i try to make it as a chill environment as possible like my classroom is is very much so like if like a 23 year old person still lived at home in a basement, you know, like everything's lit, very nice, very low, you know, I've got like posters up and everything. You got a wall of movies still. behind you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Because like math is like a, is like a trigger for a lot of people. And I recognize that. So, so I try to make a very relaxing environment. So this guy's like, man, like you didn't fucking shoes on, you know, what the fuck? Cause uh, the thing is I was leaned over helping this lady. And I guess I didn't know, but like my butt was like, was he's not wrong. My butt was like close to him, his back. Right. And I think he turned around and saw my butt. And then I think two guys across the table from him, like snickered. And so then it was on like, but it was weird. Like he got up, you know, to like confront me about this in a very angry, like, Picture someone who wanted to kick your ass, like, right. and go there in your brain, and that's what I saw when I turned around. So here's where it gets weird. So that happens. The lady I was helping starts to freak the fuck out. Like, she starts screaming from her seat, like, don't you talk to him that way. And, and like, I've never seen such disrespect. And, I, and, like, I've just met this lady, like, 20 minutes ago. Right. And so what she's doing is she's, like, upping the ante of this guy. Like, she's, like, exasper, exas, exasper, right. exacerbating, exacerbating, yeah. exacerbating yeah, the whole situation. And, it, and it's, it's getting kind of crazy. Like, this guy is he's yelling at me, and then he's turning at her. Like, he's, like, he's, he's looking at me, and he goes, he goes, why do you still have your eyes on me? Which I've never heard that terminology before. I thought it was interesting. Right. And so I responded like, why are you so angry at me? And he goes, because you had your fucking ass in my face. And he's screaming this. And then this lady is like screaming her shit. And I'm like, dude, dude, you, I th- I'm like, this has never happened before, by the way. And so I was like, 
pulling from like my cards of like what to do. Right. So my, my, my thought was just like, I think you have to leave. Right. Like I said it like that, like a, like a question. I was like, I think you have to go now. I think this is the critical. Right. You're, you're like, you're like, look, you're like, look, man, uh, I was over here working on math. You must have had your face in my ass. Right. right. I'm just, thing. I'm like, just doing math there over so here. There were so many times where like, like I wanted to make a bad comment that would have gotten me punched in the face. Like <laughs> you're the one like standing directly behind me. Right. But, but like, I, 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 I think I handled it pretty well. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe you should go like, you know, this is totally fine. You do want to just leave. And he started to leave. Uh-huh. Right. He, he was about at the door and this lady goes, I will fight you. What? <laughs> I swear to God, she was. I will fight you, and I was like, "No!" Because he immediately turned back around, and, escal- and it was all escalated. And and she stood up like this woman had. She goes, hey, "Here's the thing." She goes, "She goes. I am 33 years old, and I have never like heard this disrespect." And like, I didn't know what to do, so I was like, "I'm 40. Like, I'm pulling rank with my age for some reason." You know, I was like, <laughs> I said that. I was like, "I think I'm, I'm 40. I think I should." I should here. <laughs> You're like, listen, listen, children. Everybody, settle down. Yeah. No, this guy. Either I don't know. Either she got me closer to getting punched, or she helped. I don't know. Right. Like, like I don't know if like he was like, uh, that's a lady. I don't know if I should punch her. I shouldn't punch her because she's a lady. And then it like, confu- you know, it was like disrupted his psyche enough, right, to just flee or go away. Right. I don't. I don't know. But like I was, it was intense. I was, I was sure that I was about to get, get pummeled. And I know I made a, made a, made light of it, but like he looked as the, like, he looked as though he was about to fight me. And yeah. that's, I've never had that happen before. It was weird. That's awful. Well, that's terrible. I'm glad you were able to diffuse it. Uh, did he, did he come back to class the next day? Like what happened? After? No. So, so to finish the story, like I had a, we, we, we hired a brand new teacher Okay. and she's, she's been like shadowing me, oh. like sitting in my classroom watching. And like, luckily she was able to like send the group text mm-hmm. to the ad administrators to say, Hey, things are escalating in here. And so like when that lady goes like, I'm going to fight you or whatever, you know, I, I, I can fight you. Right. Like, like about 20 seconds later, some administrators came in. Wow. And which, what's weird is that like, that was her first day, that lady's first day. <laughs> and she was going to just ruin everything, you know, because she, she's 33, has yeah. no high school diploma. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like on her first day back, like as an, like this was, this is a woman like wanting to turn her life around. Right. These are the type of people who are 33 going to where I work at. Right. You know? And then the first day was willing to like, just let it all go. And then the other guy, he's, he's 18. Who I thought was seventeen at the time, like oh. something that I said while they were exchanging words. Wait, was the like, guy, so there wait, are cameras. So the the guy who had his face in your ass is eighteen. Okay, yeah. okay. I was under the impression he was seventeen. That's my. Anyway, it doesn't really matter for this story, but but <laughs> so I made a I made the comment. I was like, "You guys, there's cameras in the hall." I said, "If you fight, that's a felony." You know, right? What's like proof? that you did, you know, that you beat up a child, but he ended up being 18. But, but anyway, I'd never talked to this, this guy before ever, like three weeks in, he's never done anything. 
like he's not done any work. Um, I set work out for people to grab like packets and then we go over and he's never grabbed anything. Mm-hmm. Like normally like people like that who are, or 18, it's interesting. Normally it's that their parents are forcing them to go to school right, or leave the house. Yeah. So they're just going to, to just like appease mom and dad. Right. They're not looking to actually do anything. No, the weirder, the weirder ones are like, I, I work with 17 year olds who go, who come to my center um, and they're just running out the clock, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing. Like a lot of them will be dropped off by their parents and go into the building and then just do an about face and just walk away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And then I've got like this, like this, the span of people who just like want to be there and improve their lives, get better jobs and stuff. It's, it's interesting. And, and you know, and what's weird is that it's in the holidays right now mm-hmm. when you're, when you listen to this, it might not be, but yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas time right now and people are short on money. So like, like you can feel it in the air, like tensions are, are like they get high. Yeah. You know, I believe it. Yeah. Huh. So you know that thing that uh, it's been a, a sort of a viral meme lately. I think it might be a Tumblr post. I always refer to these things because this is how I consume content is through social yeah. media and mm, see sure. what other people are talking anyway. Um, there's this thing where you tell a story and then I tell a story, not in an effort to one up or make it about me, but in an effort to connect with you. Yes, I'm always I'm always a um, fan of the I'm always a fan of the latter. I, I often do the latter, and it's it's weird to me when people take offense at that. Yeah, that's that's all. That's how I've always connected with people. I don't know if I'm neurodivergent. I might be. Right. Um. I'm. I. I don't know. Um. Yeah. I, I know. Well, it's that interesting I have... when you have a story to tell that's in the same vein as another story that's been told. Right. The story well, you I, just told. Right. Well, and and I I've I've mentioned. Go ahead and fucking top that yeah, one, John. Yeah. No, I wanna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make this comment, and then I want to hear John's story. But I've. I like. I. I've almost thought that that that's like almost like an improv way. Like someone yeah. with improv training, because I don't know. I've been doing improv since I was 15, so I don't know. I'm not. I don't think I'm neurodivergent. Um, I've never been diagnosed as such, but I've always done improv for as long as I can remember. And it's yes. And right. You like accept what's being, you accept what's being offered and you build upon that. Right. So like you, you ingest the story and you connect with it by like, you know, I don't know. And and I know that that bothers some people, but that's, that's. Well, and to, to piggyback off of that, I've not told stories before knowing that it was going to top it and that it would be an, I would, I, I would, didn't want to make someone feel bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, but, sort of, it's, it's in this, of, but in this but, case, dude, tell your fucking story. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. Well, first it's, I, I think it's like, there's this tendency for people to assume that you're, you're going to tell a story about yourself. So that must make you a narcissist or whatever. That's actually not what narcissism is. Right. Um, yeah. There's, there's this other element of it that is, it's, it's very much about connecting with what you just said. There's also the, the yes and I take your story in and I build on it, which is not the same as one upmanship. Mm-hmm. That's that's taking what you gave me the gift and giving my own gift back. Right. It's almost as though like you and that other person are putting on a show for other folks. Like it's almost like like you and I, John, like you've got a story to tell, I can tell. And that like you and I like we, we are now the the actors for Corey. 
Right? <laughs> well, well, and especially in a podcast scenario where we do theoretically have ten to fifteen people may maybe listening, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I've, it's ten to fifteen more people than listen to me in a, in a given class meeting. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, I I don't know that it's. I don't know that it's a neurodivergent thing or that, or that neurodivergents have the market cornered on wanting to connect with people through story. Right. Yep. I think storytellers, that's why they tell stories. Right. It, it, we have this innate need to use our imaginations or what, we, what, what we've experienced to connect with others. And that's how we bond. The minute a best friendship is born or minute the friendship is born anyways, two people look at each other and say, yeah, you too. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's kind of what this is about. I think we were here. I, don't know, I think a lot about story. I think a lot about storytelling and why we tell stories and why we go to the movies, why we watch TV shows, why we play video games. Um, we are, <laughs> we are very confused people and we are trying to find our way through, you know, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. That's Taking a song, break from, from all your worries sure would help a lot. <laughs> I'm just gonna bust into the cheers theme. Why not? Uh, so all this to come around to the stories. As I, the, the first, the first day at my current job. Uh, first, I think it was the first class. Uh, I went in and was going over the syllabus on the first day, as you do with syllabus day. And as I'm going through the syllabus, I notice a guy in the front row who's about twice my size, and he's he's kind of broken out in a sweat and he's like bouncing his leg and he's running his hands through his hair and he's like taking deep breaths and kind of, you know, this kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, it's day one. You're going to be okay. Uh, this is a lot of stuff we're going to cover in this class, but you're going to be all right. And I get this kind of cranky email between week one and week two talking about one, having to, uh, he had some questions about the way the class was going to be constructed and the way that the material was going to be delivered. And I said, yeah, it's just going to be like this. I've done it before. It works fine. You know, kind of try to quell his anxieties. By week three, my chairperson had contacted me and wanting to know what was going on in my class because I had a student complain about the way the class was being conducted and the way the class was constructed, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, this is what I'm doing. It's pretty typical. Um, I've been doing this for a while, <laughs> uh, even though it's my first term here this is a, an approach that has worked many times before right um and uh, you know we went over kind of what i was doing and he said okay yeah sounds fine i'll i'll get back to him and you know i'll take care of this no big deal week four he walked in and everybody came in and i sat down i started class and i said hey um and i just wanted to let everybody know i got some questions you always pluralize so you don't single anybody out right um, I got some questions about the way the class is going to go and this is why I'm doing these things and I want to be transparent and this is why it's set up the way it is. And the dude gets up and walks out. <laughs> okay. And I did not single him out. I didn't point to him. didn't say his name, nothing. Right. I just, I, and even went out of my way to be plural about it, like questions from people right. about dude walked out. So week five, he comes in, he sits down. And he's sitting over kind of by the by the door. And I start on the other side of the room. We're going to be doing something with the computers that day. We're working with some software. It's a little tricky to learn how to use the software. So I'm having to go around and kind of help people get started. And, you know, people get hung up and I have to kind of get them over the 
over the hump, and then off they go. So I'm sort of working my way across the room to this guy because I knew by this point this guy's going to be having trouble. Right. And I got about halfway through the room, and I, I had helped people across the room. And I had a grad assistant, too, in the room, a guy from India who was just an amazing guy. And he'll come back into the story in a minute. Um, and so I said, all right, who needs help? Who else needs help? And this this troubled student's hand went up, and I went around to his computer. And he was on the sign-on screen. Okay. You, you, you know, you wake up a Mac and you've got the sign-on screen, username and password. Right. And he hadn't signed in. And I said, all right, what, what's what's up? He said, I need help. I said, okay, well, you're not you're not signed in right now, so what what do you need help with? He said, uh, um, I need help with my project. Okay, what part of your project do you need help with? He said, I need help on the entire project. I don't know how to do it because you're a terrible fucking teacher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I said, you can take your stuff and go. We're done here. Yeah. You don't get to talk to me that way. Right. We're done. This is college. I can ask you to leave. Right. And that was like hitting a, a hair trigger on a nuke with this guy. Um, I don't know whether I mean, I'm not supposed to take that kind of stuff from people. Right. But in this case, the consequence of that is what set him off. Right. Now, the consequence could have been a lot of different things, but I'm, you know, the, the number one thing you do is just, you're dismissed. Go. Right. I have to keep, I have to manage this classroom. And you, you don't, you don't get to talk to me. I don't let anybody talk to me that way. Right. You don't get to talk to me that way. I'm not going to haul off and pop somebody. I'm not a violent person, but I am going to get you out. Of, I'm going to, I'm going to dismiss you or I'm going to extract myself from the situation. Either way. Right. Um, this is my job. I can't very well just clock out and go home. It's not really how that works. So I sent him, I said, you're, you're dismissed. Take your stuff and go. Well, he flipped and threw the mouse at the computer. He said, well, that's just great. And had cussed me up one side and down the other. He called me names. <laughs> I've never heard that he, he called me names. I have not been called since middle school. <laughs> um, he, he said words to me that no one said to me outside of little league practice. He, he said just the most amazing uh, he had a great vocabulary. Right. Um, You're like, you know, was, if you would ap apply some of that to your project, you could probably, you'd probably do all right, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the guy, I said, we're done here. Take your stuff and go. I don't need to hear this. And he gives me a little bit more grief. And then um, I said, take your hard drive out of this computer, put it in your bag, go. And he reached behind the computer and he ripped his hard drive out. He ripped the, the USB cable out of the computer at such an angle that he broke the end of the the plug off and it went flying. Uh -huh. um, and I, I did skip a bit. He I, uh, There was a part where I said, I need you to log into this computer. And he went ahead and logged in. And that's when I said, well, what, what are you looking for here? What kind of help do you need? And he said, the whole project. So I skipped that part. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, he's logged in. Right. And I said, you, you need to go. The next time I see you, you'd better have a drop slip or I don't, I don't want to see you again. Don't come back. Right. And he says, you know, you're terrible. They made a mistake fire. They made a mistake hiring you. I'm going to get your ass fired. He's screaming all this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm looking around the computer room, this lab that I teach in 
and the and the students they teach they edit with headphones on mm-hmm. and so the headphones are coming off and the heads are kind of coming up over right. the different computers it's like a it's like a whack-a-mole game looking <laughs> around the room of heads coming up over monitors wanting to know what the heck this guy's going on about right. dude finally gets his stuff and he walks out i look at his computer and he's still logged in and i said because uh, i can't i can't not i called after him you forgot to log out <laughs> And the dude came back into the room and gave me some more for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he logged out and walked out. Cause I didn't want to leave him logged in and then have I, in the moment I thought, okay, if something happens to this machine while he's logged in, it will look vindictive on my part. Right. Or on somebody else's part in the room, probably me. So I got him to log out and then he left the room and he went around the building screaming at anyone who would listen to him, like straight up screaming. People say, Oh, you're yelling at me, but really all they're doing is just, they're speaking to you in a stern manner. Uh-huh. Um, no, he's full on screaming, like hearing him six doors down kind of volume. Uh, they finally got him on the fourth or fifth floor, corralled into a room with one of the uh, one of the advisors who calmed him down. Dude was shaking. And they uh, by that time, the, the <laughs> I, my grad assistant from India, the great guy, I at one point turned to him during the story, during this event. I turned to him and his face was just like it was like in India they don't do this right in India you raise your hand and they call on you and you stand up and you address you know that's a cultural thing I I don't mean to broad stroke a country of that many gajillion people but it was not something that he had ever seen before right a student behaving like this so he was clearly as the kids say, shook. Um, and I, and I, I just, the guy left the room and I turned to everybody else in the class and I said, who needs a break? <laughs> yeah. And so I went upstairs and I called the, the police and the dude saw me at the end of the hall. Cause he was on the same floor suddenly and your ass is fired and screaming at me. I'm like, okay, great. And I just went in the office and shut the door. Yeah. Um, ultimately he ended up dropping the class, but, um, I never saw him again, save for one time, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, this this podcast is not about movies, is it? Not, not um, yet. <laughs> no, we'll get to that. We'll get there. We'll get to that. So um, I end up having a conversation with the police, and, and I'm like, uh, do you arrest this guy? And, she, and, the, and the cops are like, well, did he threaten you? I said, well, he threatened to get me fired. That's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, did he threaten you with bodily harm? No. He, I mean, he got in my face a little bit and called me a bunch of names. That's not the same thing. Okay. My chairperson came down. This remember, this is week five. Right. Five weeks into a new job. Yeah. Uh, I had colleagues, new colleagues coming down and finding me, and like somebody came down and took over my class for a little while, and I couldn't, I couldn't ask for better colleagues who just sort of wherever they were found me, and were like, "Our students don't act like this. This is not a normal thing. This is the first time this has ever happened." I'm like, great. That's. It's, it's comforting, but it's also like cold comfort because it happened to me. Right. <laughs> and shit. So ended up, uh, the, I think the worst thing that happened was the guy was brought up on a disciplinary thing and was asked to withdraw from the university because they couldn't really do much else. Um, and he was done after that pretty much. I think he stuck around for like three weeks in another class and mm-hmm. then he was done totally. So fast forward about, I don't know, like a year or so later, I'm driving around and I was pulling through a parking lot in front of a plaza of, of stores and just randomly he comes out of 
an alterations shop okay. carrying like a curtain rod. I'm like, what? And it's that guy. And and I'm like, what are you? You know that moment when you're driving and you see something you can't believe what you're seeing and you kind of like rubberneck it for a second before you're like, I'm driving. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Um, and I got, I went back around the parking lot to make sure it was him. And then I was like, okay, I can't get anywhere near this guy. I got to get back on the road. And I got on the road and I got to the stoplight. And you know that moment where you pull up to a stoplight and you don't, you, you just, you know, they're sitting right next to you at the stoplight. <laughs> he was right next to me at the stoplight. Just, ah! I had to go the other way. Uh, it was a, it was a fun time. I was looking over my shoulder and Brent, maybe if, if this is where it connects to you, hopefully, um, or maybe hopefully not. Um, I was looking over my shoulder in parking lots for a good six months after that. Yeah. Um, I ended up in therapy because no one has ever really, I haven't had anybody talk to me like this it, it, since I was like 13 and far more resilient. Um, at the time I had a six month old child at home and I, the thought of him growing up without me was fluttering through my head. And there was a shooting at another university, not far, not too far away within the six months prior to this happening. And you just, all these things flutter through your mind as a, as a teacher, when something like this happens. Um, we used to like go to dive bars a lot. And just because there's all, all sorts of like weird characters, you know, and one guy was like super wasted. We, we sat down at the bar and we were having a good time. Karen and I were talking, like, like looking at watching people and, and they're looking for one customer who finally comes in <clears throat> from the outside, from the patio and then, and, and who, who hadn't paid his bill yet. And so he was like real, like drunk and like, just like, like standing around and talking to everybody and about to pay his bill. And there were some other people there. Like there was a guy next to me dressed, dressed in total like NASCAR outfit, orange, like Home Depot, orange NASCAR outfit. Corey, Corey's heard this story. And, and, um, and this guy, not the NASCAR guy, but the other guy, he turns to my wife, he, he acknowledges my wife. Who's a smoke. She's a smoke show. She's a hot lady. And, um, and he and, and he looks at her and then looks at me and he goes, "Hey man, you fuck her real good, right?" Mm. So so like I've got two choices. Like I can like either say like "What the fuck, man," and then get my ass beat the fuck in, or like what I did when I was just I just said, "Yeah, <laughs> of course, <it> did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes, <laughs> Which of course." Kind of funny and then Sir. like. Yeah, it diffuses the situation. Like people around me, like are laughing at this this comment I made because I went the other route with it because they figured I would have been mad. Well, the guy next to me, the NASCAR guy, right? He's got he's got something up his ass. He goes, "You can't talk to the lady like that." Like he's defending my wife for me. <laughs> right, oh, Jesus. And so now it's like I'm like nobody, right? And the two of them are like locked eyes. And like ready to fight. The, the the original guy looks at me and like nods and then goes, Hold this. And he reaches into his mouth and he pulls out his like front teeth and he hands them to me. What? You've heard this story before. Um, I, don't, I don't maybe. This is the I don't know. This feels new to yeah? me. Yeah, this is why. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah, so like I was all up like, 
I don't know, like historically, I've I've been all about getting the story right. Like I want the story out of the game. So like your improv rules are like you yes and just like we talked about earlier, <laughs> and so I totally yes anded him. I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll grab your teeth, and I fucking held this dude's front teeth in my in my fingers while 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 he peacocked this the NASCAR guy all dressed up in the Home Depot outfit, right? Dude, he had the pants and the jacket. Everything was orange. It was the weirdest. What a flex, right? <laughs> And those guys, those guys, they, it sputtered out, man. I think the original, the, like the the guy who was just like, who had just come in, not NASCAR guy. He was just like, he realized he was just too wasted, I think, and just like backed down. There's not a good ending to the story. Did you give him his teeth back? No, oh, he never took my seat or anything like that. Like we all had our own seats at the bar. It was just like a weird occurrence. He nope. didn't get his teeth back. His teeth. Oh, pardon. Did you say teeth? Yeah. yeah it's chopper. Sorry, guys. You can probably hear my voice. I, I've got like a chest cold. My bad. <clears throat> Some of my ears are probably like, if, like grossy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, ha- I held the dude's teeth like, you know, with like my elbow on the bar. And I held his teeth. And the bartender, who was really funny and nice, he goes, oh, gross. Give me that. And he grabbed a cocktail napkin and he grabbed them out of my <laughs> hand. And to this day, that bartender has those teeth. Still has those teeth, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to dive in. We we'll, we'll get through this real quickly. I, I, John, we want to let you get going. We want to let you get to your kid. But I do want to talk about the movie for a little bit. Um, oh, absolutely. But I know. I think this is the first Hammer movie we've covered. What? Yeah, this is the first Hammer movie we've covered on this podcast, and. I loved it. I thought this movie was great. And and so we're talking about The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires from 1974. So We sure are. Um, yeah. So John, I, Man, if I had known this was the first Hammer, I might have picked a different one. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. I think this is a great first Hammer movie for, for us. So <laughs> so what, um, the, I guess the, the, the blast of Wikipedia information for listeners is, is, you know, Hammer Studios was a... Uh, is actually they've they reactivated in recent years um, a British film studio that specialized in sort of gothic. I don't want to call it B horror movie because it's better than that, right? Um, just but very gothic British, distinctly British horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of blood, not a lot of gore. A uh, couple of them, a couple of the films. Dracula has risen from the grave comes to mind uh, when he reconstitutes. That's a hardcore scene. Um, but I'm looking at the the row of Hammer films behind me. Maybe the Frankenstein films are a little gnarly, but not nearly as gnarly as like Ken Branagh's Frankenstein from the, the, the 90s, 90s. I want to say that was. Yeah. Um, and that's, so we're talking and, about war. It's just not and, really present. Hammer did a really good job of of doing it in a very British way. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and um, Peter Cushing plays uh, Baron Frankenstein Peter or whatever. Peter Cushing. What's that? Peter Peter Cushing, yes. Peter Cushing. <laughs> Peter, Cushing. Peter fucking Cushing <laughs> Peter plays Cushing. Dr. Frankenstein, right? In those he plays movies? Dr. Frankenstein and he plays um, Van Helsing in, Van Helsing. The, yeah. in the Vampire and the Dracula films. Yeah. Um, it, the, the interesting thing about the Vampire films, it starts with Horror of Dracula, which is which is a um, Hammer's answer to the Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I don't think Christopher Lee came back until the third film. Um, the second film, Brides of Dracula, is um, it's Christopher Lee as Van Helsing again, but um, Peter Cushing, a, a different yeah. a different actor as the the arch vampire. Uh-huh. Um, before Christopher Lee comes back and plays Dracula again, 
Um, Christopher Lee played Dracula, I want to say eight or nine times yeah. over the years, um, and mixed results you know, over the years, but um, I want to say six or seven times for Hammer, once for Jess Franco. Uh, he did like a, a, a an attempt to be truer to the Bram Stoker novel film by Jess Franco. I think it's just called Count Dracula. And then there's another one called Dracula and Son, which is very hard to find in a physical format. It might be on YouTube. Uh, but that was billed as sort of a comedy. So Christopher Lee's played Dracula more than anybody. and um, But he doesn't show up in Seven Golden Vampires. Because <laughs> I, I, I this may be just my own take. I, I think he looked at the script and was like, no. <laughs> well, and and Drac- Dracula's only in it at the very beginning in that opening scene, and then again at the very very end, right? For the rest yeah. of the time, he he looks like that whatever uh, Ka the 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 Chinese monk or whatever, you know. Yeah, um, it's it's a strange film because the, the Shaw brothers wanted they were doing a bunch of kung fu films at the time, and you know Hammer wanted to stay relevant somehow, and they saw the popularity of kung fu films that sort of grew out of. Bruce Lee and yeah, and they wanted to, they saw this opportunity to sort of merge and take the Dracula franchise in a totally different direction, but they couldn't get Christopher Lee back, yeah, uh, or they didn't want to. I, I can't remember the, the exact phrase. So they got this guy. Um, he's got a hyphenated name. <coughs> yeah, uh, John Forbes John, Robertson. John Forbes Robinson. Yeah, um, and he sort of looks like Christopher Lee, like if you kind of hold him far enough away from your face. <laughs> um, he's got that sort of vibe to him. Uh, but it's it's it doesn't have the same gravitas. Yeah, uh, he had big shoes to fill, and yeah, uh, doesn't quite work. So he's he's there at the beginning, and he is there at the end. Which, if you look at the Christopher Lee Hammer horror films, there's, I want to say, uh, the first or second one. So there's there's Horror of Dracula. The U.S. title is Horror of Dracula, and then there's Dracula Prince of Darkness. I think one of the two films he has maybe. A half a dozen lines tops. Oh, really? Just doesn't talk very much. Yeah, a lot of hissing. Um, you know, a lot of like reacting to crosses and, and hissing and stuff, but not a lot of dialogue. And this this is one of those where he, he had actually had quite a bit of dialogue for the the times that he showed up in the film, John Forbes Robertson. Anyway, but um, and oh my God, Julie Edge. Julie, I've never heard of this lady before. She is yeah. beautiful. Was beautiful. <laughs> She's like yeah. the Margot Robbie of Robbie. Well, Margot Robbie, yeah. How do you yeah. say it? I think it's Robbie. Yeah, Robbie, she's yeah. like the Margot Robbie of like the time. Yeah, yeah. And she's dead, like like nineteen forty five or so <laughs> to like two thousand eight. Yeah. Well, she was. I think she was no because she came up as a she was a, a penthouse pet, and then oh, yeah, and then I think before this movie she was she was in. I don't know if I'd call it the worst James Bond movie, but she was in On Her Majesty's Secret Service with George Lazenby, which is the only time he played James Bond. It was the he okay. was the one time he was James Bond, and then Julie Edge was the was the Bond girl for that movie. Yeah. So I'll, I'll happily defend On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, George Lazenby's yeah. not a great he's not a great Bond. Um, Telly Savalas is not a great Blofeld. Oh. But um, that film, for whatever reason still works against <laughs> any odds. It's still better than octopusy. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's still better than diamonds are forever. Like I, I, there, there are 
Connery film. There's at least one Connery film that I think that Honor Majesty's Secret Service bests. It's yeah. not top tier James Bond, but it's right. it's not as bad as people, as people make it. I, you know, I don't I don't know that I've ever actually seen that one. So yeah, I've just read about it's, it. It's worth a look. But Telly Savalas's Blofeld is kind of like okay, uh, I'll go with it. And right. it's he's not bad, but he's right. not he's not Donald Pleasance. Right, right. <laughs> when I think about uh, the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. I think about Hammer Studios sort of at the end of their run mm-hmm. uh, or near it yeah. anyway. Um, it's the last vampire movie they made um, yeah. before sort of going defunct for many years. They've, they've rebooted it in, in recent years under the Hammer name, but it's not, we're not talking about the same people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's people reactivating the name and maybe, maybe a handful of people are still there after all this time, but it's a new generation of people trying to do, stuff from from back in the day i got to talk about the the physical media thing because we always talk about the physical media thing um so i i was talking to Corey before he pressed record about the uh anchor bay dvd uh dvd releases of various hammer films over the years they released all the dracula films they released i think all the frankenstein films and a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. uh, and i just because it was because it was easy for me as a collector to zero in on, okay, what did Anchor Bay release? They did The Abominable Snowman. They did, um, gosh, whatever. Uh, the Devil Rides Out is down there. The Mummy films that, that Hammer did as well. Uh-huh. Um, so I just collected all of them, even though they were out of print. Probably spent way too much money on them. The reason I wanted them on DVD, keep in mind, this is well into the era of Blu-ray. On one hand, a lot of the, these films have not been released on Blu-ray. So... Mm-hmm. The only way you can get a physical copy is is DVD. Um, on the other, I think about how I want these films to look. I kind of want these films to look like shit. <laughs> because growing up in Indiana, we had our late night horror movie host, Sammy Terry. Sammy Terry, yeah. And he was sort of the Elvira of Indiana. <laughs> and late at night on a Friday night or Saturday night, I'd stay up with my dad. And we would watch scary movies and I'd have nightmares. Uh but the but the scary movies always looked terrible because we had you know an antenna on the roof to pick this stuff up and it was Channel Four out of Bloomington so we're two hours from Bloomington it looks terrible um, it's snowy at night it's better than it is during the day but it's still snowy it's clearly like you know eighties did you have the, the antenna box that like you had to turn the knob <laughs> and the I think later we had one yeah the later roof turns do you know what I'm talking about later we had one we had one on the roof. Um, I don't think the one on the roof turned, but the box would, would change a little bit too. Um, just old school technology picking yeah. up, you know, broadcasts out of Indy or Bloomington. And who knows what they were uh, broadcasting it on, whether it was a, a video copy of it or whether they actually had a print that they somehow were able to. I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, <laughs> but it looked terrible. Uh, and I remember it looking terrible. We have a way of sort of um, idealizing stuff that when, when we watched as a kid, oh, it looked amazing. It was awesome. I can't believe how cool it looked. And then you see it later, it's like, oh. Yeah. Um, this was, at the time, even though I, I, I knew, even though I was little, I, I still knew, like, oh, this looks terrible. And I'm totally into it. Uh, now I'm well into my 40s and closer to 50 than I am 40 now. Um, I wanted these on DVD. 47. Because I wanted, yeah, 47 as well. I wanted them to look terrible too. I wanted, even though I was getting them on a disc, 
I wanted it to look terrible. And it's weird for me to have the Blu-ray of it and have it be crisp and <laughs> touched up and, you know, shiny. And right. You're like, it's not supposed really to look sharp. like this. <laughs> Um, I've only got a, a handful of Hammer films on Blu-ray. I think I have uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and this one, and that may be it. Yeah. Because um, for me, the DVDs were sufficient to keep in touch with that little corner of my childhood and, and hanging out with my dad and watching movies. Some of my best memories as a child are watching movies with my dad. Yeah. And you know, he's still around. It's not like I'm hanging on to to something I can't ever have again. And I still watch movies with my dad. Right. Um, but it's just, there's just something that, that hits me just right. And I, I needed to have them. So I gathered up a bunch of them and this was one. I'd never even heard of it. Um, and when I found it, it was like, what, wait, Kung Fu and vampires at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, please. And yeah, it's, it is bonkers. It yeah. is, it's bonkers and it's great. It's so much fun. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to watch this movie was I was like, wait, an old school like Kung Fu movie and a Hammer's film movie, uh, Hammer's film movie. And uh, I just watched it the other night, uh, last night, actually. And it totally delivers. It totally delivers in every way that I wanted it to, you know. You know, I've never seen I've never seen like a trach punch. <laughs> like one dude like tracheotomies a guy. I've never seen that. Like it's like which, which is kind of funny because like you would think the two fangs of your teeth or whatever, but he does it with two fingers, right? Just like right into some dude's neck. Yeah, you're talking about when they're when they're out fighting in like the meadow in the middle of the day. It, yeah, yeah, it, it's one of the one of the kung fu fights. The dude yeah. just goes <laughs> like fucking like. Three Stooges styles instead of getting him in the eyes goes right in the neck and pierces his neck. It was one of those. Uh, I mean, it was one of those moments in the film where clearly everyone was kung fu fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a move that I was expecting. Yeah, at that point, um, you know, Peter Cushing is showing his age at that point, even though this is just a few years before Star Wars. Yeah, uh, when he was Tarkin, and um, this is only was seventy four, I think. Yeah, um, but he's but he's clearly not the Van Helsing from horror of dracula um you know i think in part because this is i think this is set in the 20th century um so it's it's we're not talking the the 1800s as horror of dracula i think was set in the 1800s yeah so it's a, a later generation of of a van helsing who looks a lot like the old school van helsing um but yeah and peter cushing's a lot older and it's not the same dracula and it's you kind of have to give up a little bit to watch this, but what you get in return is, is Kung Fu treachery. (laughs) (laughs) What I just, man, and just the whole, like, I remember thinking in the opening, like as you're getting those opening credits, I I wrote down, I was like, man, this music fucking whips. Cause like, it's this, like the music was great. And then you get, you get this great backstory about this, like monk going to Dracula to help, resurrect the seven golden vampires and then like dracula takes over his body and uh, you know then you get this great uh, like throws you into like van helsing and his son and this woman you know played by julie edge vanessa and she's got one of my favorite she's like she's like drink or she's like uh danger and excitement are like food and drink to me (laughs) like she's just she's just fucking down to like you know, go nuts. I I love it. Her character is so much fun. Uh, um, 
but yeah, then yeah. it just like dives into like, you know, they're they're they get attacked by uh, the, there's that guy, what's his name, Lung Lung Hong Lung Lung Hong or whatever, and they get protected by Su Ching or whatever his name is and his brothers, and that's when they get brought along on the journey. And Vanessa's like, "Oh, I'll fund this trip so we can all go and like find this remote vampire village." Um, and then it cuts to the vampire village. This village and like the vampires, like every year they like attack this village, and the first thing they do, like any woman they find, they like have to rip her shirt open. Like that's the first thing. Like if a vampire finds a woman, he's got to rip her shirt open. That's that's always. That's funny, Corey, because I put I, I one of my one of my notes is that this movie makes boobies funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it absolutely like, does. Like there's no like sexual like like feeling like at all in this movie to yeah. me it's all just like oh that's funny there's suddenly boobs like yeah. they just like burst open like they, they're really good just like cutting a shirt down from the center yeah and revealing them yeah it's, it's hilarious it's it's bodice ripping but the most antiseptic yeah. <laughs> just yeah. it's funny when they burst out that's yeah, it's a it's a form of humor I didn't expect. I, I never thought about. <laughs> no, hey, you know vampires. Vampires got to free them titties. That's yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think in in, in all the, the the arc of Hammer, um, I don't know that that this film turned out the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they sort of just said, okay, whatever. At this point. We're trying to stay relevant. We're trying to come up with something new and put a new spin on things. Uh, and, and this is where it ended up. And uh, it certainly has more topless women than any other Hammer Horror film I can think of. <laughs> uh, and I have many on the shelf. And right. I don't remember <laughs> nearly this many. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, and even the director, what's Roy, Roy Ward Baker, just from the little bit I read, which I didn't read a whole lot, but... You know, it seemed like kind of a troubled shoot. He said that nobody really knew what was going on. I think I think the marriage of Hammer and Shaw Brothers could have been a great thing, but it seemed like there was a lot of confusion. In fact, and they even brought what's a guy's name, Cheng She in, Cheng Shi to like direct some of the kung fu. So it seemed like the two, rather than really come together and producing one movie, it kind of feels like these two movie studios were almost, uh. I don't know. Like there was a lot of conflict as far as like what this movie should be, what it was going to be and like who was doing what, you know? Yeah. I, I think when you get that, that those two disparate creative forces together, they're wildly different and they try to do something together that it's going to work brilliantly or it's going to be kind of a tire fire. Yeah. And when I look at Roy, Roy, Try to say this ten times fast. Roy Ward Baker's right. career. Roy Ward Baker, yeah. <laughs> Boy, his his. Uh, you look at his filmography. I mean, he's got A Night to Remember, the Titanic film. Um, that's that pops out. Quatermass in the Pit, which um, I think is another Hammer film. I think so. Um, Moon Zero Two is another Hammer film. Yeah. Um, the Vampire Lovers, Scars of Dracula, Doctor Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Yeah. The Vault of Horror, a lot of Hammer films. He was kind of a house director for them, or kind of a go-to guy. But he also worked for um, us. Uh, was it? Uh, is it Amicus? Um, yeah. So his film Asylum was was uh, from Amicus Productions, which was uh, kind of another English Gothic horror 
studio putting out stuff around the same time um, that a lot of the same players went over. Peter Cushing showed up in a bunch of Amicus films. Um, I think Christopher Lee did too. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, anyway, Roy Ward Baker did a ton of stuff. Uh, and he worked from the 40s. He was he directed for almost 40 years. Oh, wow. Uh, he may have directed longer than that. This is just the, the quick Wikipedia on my phone, but just a ton of ton of great stuff. If you saw one of, if you see a director credit from him, uh, and it's a Hammer film, it's a pretty good bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, even this one, like as much dysfunction as it apparently had, and maybe didn't work quite the way they wanted it to, I I loved it. I I think it's thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, I had a great time watching it. Um, you know, and even just to go to go down to what and like down the path of what I was saying before. I thought it like I noticed them like in the village tearing all the shirts off the women. But even when they find Vanessa, right, played by Julie Edge, the the golden vampire like tears her shirt off and then and then gets killed. But again, it goes right to ripping the shirt. And then even at the very end, they get the the sister, right? Because there's all the like the seven warriors and one of them one of them is a sister. The golden vampire gets her down like on the altar and like grabs her shirt. And that's when Van Helsing's son comes in and he's like, no. And he like stops the vampire from tearing her shirt. And that's like, <laughs> it's like, it really seems to be a big plot point is like tearing women's shirts off. In the <laughs> <laughs> the seven and I like, I like the weapons mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Like the weapons look like they like commissioned some like Renaissance, like some Ren Fair <laughs> got like, like blacksmith to make things out of pewter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like well, everything it's supposed to be like silver but it, it looks so like like aluminum foil it did yeah. yeah some of the some of the weapons looked very much like 80s ninja movie weapons yeah yeah, yeah. especially yeah. The, the the axe man with the two axes and then you had the twins with the swords and the bow man yeah, yeah. like the physics like seemed as though it was it was like like light as like a feather yeah like as we're swinging it yeah, which is great. Clang together. Movies that that's that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I thought it was all like all the kung fu fighting and like raising and some of the effects of like raising the dead from the grave and like when the golden vampires were killed, the way they would like melt and like I, I don't know, like smash in on themselves. I thought was pretty cool. Um, but even but then at the very end, I thought it was funny that they destroy the seven golden vampires. And then everyone leaves, right? Van Helsing's son leaves. The the couple remaining siblings leave. And then it's just Peter Cushing. It's Van Helsing. Peter fucking Cushing versus, <laughs> versus Dracula. And everyone else is gone. And you're like, oh shit. And like Dracula slaps him around a little bit. But then Peter Cushing, he's able to impale him and kill him like pretty easily. Like it's, it's like, oh, that's that no big deal at all. He just kind of... He just had to impale him real quick. It's no big deal. <laughs> He's done this like six other times. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's no problem. <laughs> so I will say for the, the physical media mavens that are out there, all three of them, um, if you have the, the Anchor Bay DVD, it's got a feature that's not on the newer uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray. There is a uh, the story of the legend of the seven golden vampires narrated by Peter fucking Cushing. Ooh. Uh, that's on the DVD. That's cool. Uh, and the Blu-ray, it's it's not listed. So um, there's a bunch of new stuff. There's a, a new interview, a new commentary, um, and a couple of other 
features that are not on the DVD. But um, regardless of the version you get, you get two different cuts of the film. So you can yeah. get the U.S. version, which was uh, the U.S. theatrical version is called The Seven Brothers Meet Dracula. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why they changed. They never know, really know why they changed the title for U.S. distribution. The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires would have gotten me to go to the movies. Like, yeah. The Seven Brothers Meet Dracula. What Seven <laughs> Brothers? Right. Would... Which Which brothers are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Right. <laughs> so, I'm more interested in the, the Seven Golden Vampires rather than. Yeah. No, anyway. but I I I I really enjoyed the film. I thought it kicked ass. Um. But I, I wanna I wanna be respectful of your time. I wanna get you back to your son. Do you guys was there anything about this movie you guys want to talk about before we kind of get into head cannons here and wrap up? Ooh, um, can I can I clarify something? Mm -hmm. What was the last movie that we covered with John? What was the last movie we covered with John? Was that some butterflies or what Prince was... of Darkness or um They Live? Bill Paxton what was it, the Bill Paxton movie? Bill Paxson. Yeah, I think it wasn't. I, I think it wasn't Carpenter, because we did Carpenter with you before. Oh no, no, no! We're talking about the Serpent and the Rainbow. S Serpent and the Rainbow. Yeah, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman. Okay, so I've, I've got a, I've got something that is very interesting that happened to me last week at, at work that you might find interesting. <laughs> so like I have a somebody lot of, blew um, dust in your face. <laughs> so anyway, what? I was, I was going to say, somebody came up and blew dust in your face. Yeah. And then yeah. you died. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I was discussing with a student about books, right? And, and English is not his, his first language. And I mentioned, I was like, oh, what about audiobooks? Are you cool with those? Because I said my, one of my favorite audiobooks ever was World War Z. Mm -hmm. Because there's all these like different like voice actors – that portray it. And he was like, what is it with you Americans and zombies? <laughs> and so like, we started to have a discussion and he said, well, where I'm from Haiti, like people have a similar obsession with zombies where they think that they're fucking real. Right. And so as we were talking about it, I realized, Oh shit. Like, I've seen this movie. <laughs> and so I told him about it, and I even played a clip. And I played the clip where, like, the dude gets, like, the, the, the powder blown in his face, and he's, like, running around. And the guy was like, yeah, like, like no shit, like, that's real. Like, they, like, people think zombies are, like, 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 around us all the time. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was appropriate to mention that tonight, because because we're with you john but like yeah i thought it was cool yeah that's that's, a, that's fantastic that's, that film fun. is still yeah i mean i said it before that film yeah. is still one of my favorites it's and it's west craven it's yeah. not a west craven film like a nightmare on elm street or a scream film it's between those yeah. and it's so great and there was he had not done anything like yeah. that before or since yeah no that movie yeah, and even today like that's the, that's that's the, the that's the thought there in hades that's like in their culture like people can die and, and be re resurrected and come back. Yeah. Well, and that movie's wild. Yeah. And I, I remember talking a lot about, you know, Papa Doc and Baby Doc and shit after watching that movie. Yeah. We got like academic. I think we got academic on that episode and talked about, you know, there was actual history involved in our commentary. There was yeah. far less like school violence, but much more like, <laughs> you know, third world country violence. Right. 
We we got to find a new kind of violence for the next episode we do together. So yeah, I'm not sure what it would be. We'll have to talk about our maybe. What is next for us? I, I, that's I a know. good maybe question. Mar- maritime violence? Is there are there any good like ocean horror movies? I don't know. <laughs> I've yeah. got one. I've of got course, one. of course, you do. I'm not surprised that you do. <laughs> and it can't be the Meg or Jaws. <laughs> what is oh. it? Uh, but I can't. I don't have it. I don't have it behind me. But um, yeah, Death Ship comes to mind with uh, with George Kennedy. Death, I've never heard of that, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Uh, it's a good time. As much as I want to keep doing Hammer films until the end of time, that may be what we do a little detour on. Next week, we're covering 1994's The Shawshank Redemption. So be sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon on Instagram at headcanonpod, on Twitter at horrormoviepod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash horrormoviepod. Well, do uh, do either of you guys have a, a headcanon for this off, ready to go, or I can go first? It doesn't matter to me. I got it. So I was, go ahead. Go. What's up, Brent? So I, I'm, I'm trying to like um, explain the way the vampires look in this movie. Yeah. So all the vamps, they look like they were extremely wealthy, owned exotic pets, became very close to them, and then woke up on a Saturday to it chewing their faces off. Oh no. <laughs> okay, yeah, they look they looked exactly like that, yeah. They look like people that own chimpanzees that attacked them. Yeah. <laughs> and ate their faces. <laughs> Yeah, they absolutely did. That's yeah. what people look like when that happens yeah. to them. And, and a normal person would die, but a vampire just becomes one of the seven golden vampires, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, God damn it, now I have to live eternity with this <laughs> now, now I have to get this golden mask it's and this 80s, golden bat. It's the 80s, there's no yeah. proper... Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll take the belt buckle that's a bat and just put it over my eyes. Right. <laughs> Awesome. All right. What about you, John? Do you have a uh, head cannon to share with us? You know, there's a part of me that uh, I just want. Looking at the credits, um, John Forbes Robinson played Dracula, but another guy actually played the voice of Dracula. David DeKaiser is the voice of Dracula and is not credited. Okay. Uh, and in a film where Dracula's body is not present for 90% of it and Dracula's voice is like John Forbes Robinson's voice anyway is not present for a hundred percent of it right um I wonder if there's somewhere just the idea that there is a version of this movie with no Dracula in it at all right and (laughs) or just maybe just a little more a little less but uh Head canon wise, that voice of Dracula, Peter De- David DeKaiser's voice, um, the disembodied voice of Dracula is maybe still out there. Yeah. Maybe still, uh, you know, sort of meandering around the countryside in Asia somewhere, finding kung fu fights <laughs> and narrating them in a, in a very haughty gothic way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I dig it, and I think uh, an interest like to what you said, John. I 
I read that there was a version of this movie they edited and they took Dracula completely out of it. Um, because, well, because, because he's not in it for very long, but it was, it was just too short for a movie. They were like, no, we, there's not enough movie here. So then they added him back into the beginning and the end. But I, I read that they did try to edit it down without Dracula because he is kind of superfluous to the rest of the movie. Like you really could cut Dracula out of this and it, I don't know. You'd so, it wouldn't really affect the story that much, you know? Yeah. I mean, once he becomes the other guy once he inhabits the other guy's body yes yeah. it, it doesn't really matter he's, yeah it, he's just a bad guy yeah uh, or he's a bad guy with fangs i guess right <laughs> right but uh so then uh my he- head cannon and then we'll let you get going is just it's real simple there's a tailor in this village there's a tailor whose job it's his whole job his family for generations now has made their living on fixing women's shirts Right, because the vampires, the vampires always come. They got to tear the shirts open, free the titties, and then it's this guy's job to repair the shirts. Once, once the vampires are driven from the town, he's like, "All right, vampires came. They tore your shirts off. Come back in here. We'll sew your shirts up. Uh, you know, put 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 your titties back in." So is his business he sews them up while they're wearing. The open blouse or the shirt? Oh, what depends on how how much of a hurry they're in, right? Do they have to get to a business meeting? You know, do they? It depends. What you yeah. know, what what the situation is. They're like, so oh my a, god, I gotta go to the guy like right now. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Oops. I can't go get another shirt. Right. I just have my shirt torn open. I got this appointment. You know. <laughs> so it's a it's a bodice shop. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like yeah. A body shop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I got I got that dad joke thing. I like it. I love it. We're both dads. We're all hey, speaking of dad jokes. We're all dads here. If you're looking for something to give to your father-in-law uh, this holiday season, the battery daddy. What? Oh wow! What is that? You not you? You don't know? No. <laughs> the battery daddy, ladies and gentlemen. Store and organize. 180 batteries. Holy shit! And there's even a battery tester. That's incredible. You give this to your father-in-law. And he will love you for a lifetime. That's a, sh- a case full of batteries. That's a choking hazard for like seven, 70 kids. You could kill 70 children with that battery pack. It's been tested and proven that 70 children will die out of 180 children. <laughs> John, if you give this to your ex-wife's father, <laughs> he, he, will, he, he will give you his inheritance. You do need to do this. I, that could be. I might just give it to my own dad. I mean, that's a good no. gift. I guess. I guess so. It's got two sides. Battery There's two daddy. sides to every story. <laughs> and every battery daddy. Battery is there, daddy. Is there even I a fucking love nine it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I just see the D's and the C's and the A's. But oh wow, I see nine. Volts. Yeah. You know what, John? That's what. That's what. That's what the vampire said. As they were ripping shirts open, they were like, "We just see the D's and the C's and the A's." That's, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and there's there's a caddy for those too, and they just it's a big briefcase, a big briefcase full of D's and C's. <laughs> and A's. And A's. No B's, strangely enough. 
All right. Well, just I'll let you get going, John. I know you've got your kid. I want to let you get back to your son. I appreciate so it. It's it's been a pleasure. It's always a it's always a blast having you on. Uh, we will definitely have you on again in the near future. So yeah, I, I can't thank you enough. This is a great fun thing to do every so often, and uh, I get to talk about I, I talk about movies and TV for a living, and I consider myself incredibly privileged to be able to do that. This is like another another thing of that that I get to do in my spare time because I would. I would do this 24 seven if I could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Podcasting and talking about movies and TV. I'm one of those guys that I, I probably in a, in a parallel universe, I'm working in a movie, like a video store. I'm still renting VHSs and right. You know, talking about, you <laughs> really need to see. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. I'm probably that guy. This does feel like I'm, I'm, I work at a video. I, I work at a blockbuster video and once a week, someone, me and my coworker Corey talk to somebody about a movie they watched. Right. Yeah. Like like Randy from Scream. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So uh, uh, before you put a button on it, there's a film Noah Baumbach film called uh, Kicking and Screaming, okay. and there is a minor character in the film um, who is uh, the manager of a video store, I believe, and he hires um, Carlos Jacot's character to work in the store and the and the guy doesn't really know anything about movies he knows a few things but he, his references are not quite the same and the video store guy doesn't really know what he's talking about and, uh, and at one point in the film the guy is the, the manager is watching a movie on the screen and and he says you know man it would be great one day if i can you imagine one day if i you know, when i finally get to make my movie it'll play on this screen and i'll be able to rent it out to customers and the the, the carlos jacott character turns to him and says you you would continue working here after you made a major motion picture. <laughs> it's just, it's this beautiful moment. And, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, you know what, that probably, that makes sense. I probably wouldn't be working here anymore. Right. It's just like very deadpan delivery. So that's, that's no, but if you make that first. thing like your life, you know, like yeah. you don't even consider moving away from, yeah. from working yeah. at a video store. If, if any of us ever made a major motion picture, we would still do these fucking podcasts. I mean, yeah. that's just, yeah, oh, yeah. You'd have I absolutely to. would. Yeah. Oh, too. oh yeah! I like, I'd be here. He's he's dreaming big, but not too big, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's another great line in that movie about shooting for the moon. You shoot for the moon, but you hit the roof. Okay. Um, it's just it's, it's a quality. It has nothing to do with Hammer movies. It's just a Noah Baumbach film that I really like, and uh, I don't know. Put it in the notes or something if you want. <laughs> kicking and screaming, not the Will Ferrell kicking and screaming. Right. Totally um, different. Totally different. Totally different kicking and screaming, and I just. Fantastic. I love it. It's personal favorite of mine. <laughs> sure. Awesome. Well, John King, thank you. A pleasure as always. Thank you, everyone at home, for listening. This has been Head Cannon. <laughs> <laughs>